T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Welcome to The Connection a weekly radio program where we share our experiences and expertise with stories of caring, courage, and change right here in Connecticut. Listen to learn about needed resources to improve your well-being and transform your life. Now, here are the hosts of The Connection, Lisa DeMattis-Lapore and Ann Baldwin. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. And uh, it's great to have you along on this Sunday morning. My name is Ann Baldwin, and I am one of the hosts of the show, and Lisa DeMattis-Lapore, who's president and CEO of The Connection, is the other host, but today she is MIA. She is, and so you've got me, Ann. It's Uh, Beth Connor from The Connection. It's great to have you, Beth, and Beth, you've been on the show before, and and we should tell you that Beth is uh, one of the folks who sets up all the guests for this program, so you always are here in spirit. You're usually here in the studio. You're working behind the scenes with Allison, so... Thanks for all your great effort. We've had some great shows. We have. We have. So Lisa's doing the college tours with her uh, with her son. She is. And I've, I follow all of her adventures on Facebook. So it's just so great and such an exciting time for her. I remember those days. It so. really is. So um, one of our, our subject matter today is October is Domestic Violence Month. Yes. You know, and I, I remember being in the news media and it would be this month for that and it's National Hot Dog Day or it's this month or that month. And my whole thing was every day of the year should be Domestic Violence Awareness Month. Yes. You know, it's just, it, it's good that I think it raises the profile of the mm-hmm. issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're going to do here today with Liza Andrews. And um, Liza is with the Connecticut Coalition Against Domestic Violence. And our good friend, Karen Jarmock, yes. also works there. So it's great to have you in studio today, Liza, because there's so many things that people need to know. And there's so many things that... Um, that your agency does to inform people to to show them support and give them tools to help them if they find themselves in a domestic violence situation and that's what we're going to talk about here today we are so welcome Liza great thanks so much for having me yeah and you all we should mention you've got some credentials here that you've you also serve as the director of public policy and communications for the agency so that means this is your job to be here on the radio and yep. you're good at it and you do it all the time and we love people like you mm-hmm. so this is going to be fun so uh the subject matter however isn't that much fun so let's just start from the top um who are some of the folks that um suffer in some of the statistics when it comes to domestic violence i think that they're mm-hmm. like in everything else mm-hmm. there's this assumption and i think 
that most of us are probably wrong when we assume who the victims are. Sure. So, I mean, domestic violence is definitely one of those things that just knows no boundaries. Anyone can become a victim. Anyone, it's regardless of sex, uh, you know, gender, race, religion, socioeconomic status, education, um, all of that. It, it's not that that is going to have no impact on, on whether or not someone becomes a victim. Um, domestic violence at its core is about control and coercion. Um, so that may manifest itself in different ways. It may be physical violence, but that's not the most common form of domestic violence that we see. Um, emotional and psychological abuse is very common, as is financial abuse. Um, I think the estimates are that about 99% of abusive relationships involve some type of financial abuse. Mm. So what does that mean? What's financial abuse? So that can also manifest itself in a lot of different ways. It can be, you know, the abuser makes the victim completely dependent upon uh, on them. So they might withhold money, they might withhold assets, um, they might prevent the victim from going to work, uh, they might take the victim's paycheck if the victim does go to work, um, they might uh, try to sabotage the victim's employment, but basically making them completely financially dependent on them. And that's one of the biggest reasons that victims cite for not leaving an abusive relationship. Really? really. Financial? Yep. I mean, leaving isn't that easy. No, it's Even not. Even if someone comes from what others view as a wealthy relationship, that victim might not have access to any of those finances if they choose to leave. Mm. So it's not always that easy, and a lot of victims have to make that decision. Am I going to stay here in this abusive relationship and continue to deal with this and deal with what I know, or am I going to go and become homeless and completely broke? you got to let it all go. Yep. I mean, you think about that. Even if you're not facing this situation, what it would take to just up and out of you know, your safe place... <laughs> kind of, um, you know, the, your comfortable bed, your, your possessions, your routine, your everything mm -hmm. um, to go to an unknown. It's that's got to be a very, very scary decision. Yes. And I think that's very interesting. When you think of a domestic violence, you think of physical violence mm -hmm. and you don't think of financial, you don't think of emotional. Yep. That, that doesn't come to mind right away. But statistics tell us otherwise. Yeah. Right. It's, def it's definitely um, definitely common. And again, it's that kind of pattern of control and coercion over time. Mm -hmm. um, and it can escalate. And it can escalate from something that starts as an emotionally abusive relationship into a financially abusive relationship into a physically abusive relationship. We know there are red flags for when things are, you know, that violence is starting to escalate and um, things are becoming more serious. And obviously the most dangerous time for a victim um, is when she or he chooses to end the relationship because that really signals to the abuser that they're losing control. And isn't that oftentimes when it can escalate? Yes. One of the other things that I want to do, and if you're just tuning in, we're speaking with uh, Liza Andrews from the Connecticut Coalition Against Domestic Violence, is I want to make sure that you have the website where there's so much information. We usually give that out at the end of the show, but I think it's imperative that people get that throughout this show. So we want you to know that there is so much information there. There's toolkits that we're going to talk about on this program. So the website is CTC adv.org so that I'm going to do it like they do on uh, CB radios C is in cat T is in Tom C is in cat a D is in dog V is in victor.org and we'll give that out throughout the course of the show um, so you know how do we stand in Connecticut how big of a problem uh, is domestic violence 
Sure. In Connecticut, so CCADV um, works with the state's 18 domestic violence organizations, so those local um, organizations that provide direct services to victims and survivors throughout the state. Um, so they serve uh, just a little over about 38,000 individuals each year. And again, those are the individuals that do come seek our assistance. That's, that's, not, those, that's not the ones that should be. That's just the ones that do. That's the ones that do. That's wow. yeah. There's so wow. there's there's quite a few more. You said you know, thirty eight thousand. About thirty eight thousand victims per year. Per in year. Connecticut. Mm. In Connecticut. Yep. Wow. Seek services. So, um, you know, some of the services that they provide, obviously, people would be most familiar with emergency shelter, um, but also they provide transitional living, one-on-one um, -on -one counseling, group support. One of the biggest services people um, seek is court-based advocacy. Um, so that might be in criminal court following the arrest of the abuser. Could also be in family court to get a restraining order. Um, so. Uh, those are some of the, you know, last year we served over 32,000 victims in court, um, wow. over 31,000 victims for one-on-one -on -one counseling, had over 1,800 group support sessions. So, and then the other, you know, big thing that the local organizations do is also community education. Um, so they were out last year at over 4,100 events. Wow. Yep. And so, so the, uh, your council, what is, what is your role in providing information to all of these nonprofits in the state. Sure. So, I mean, CCADV is the state's leading voice for victims of domestic violence and those organizations that serve them. We provide technical assistance not only to our 18 member organizations, but also to other professionals, other, you know, organizations that, you know, might come into contact with survivors in their daily work, how, you know, what kind of tools and information they need to meet the needs of those survivors and get them connect connected over to our members for services. And you've been doing this for a long time, Liza. Have you seen trends? Have, have you seen things change over the last years? in terms of, uh, you know, victims and their issues and, and things that you've seen more prevalent now than maybe was 10 years ago? Um, yeah, I mean, I think that domestic violence is very complex and the needs that they come to us with are very complex. It's not, you know, just he's hitting me. Um, it's, the you know, we're, we're struggling financially, you know, my family needs help. And a lot of victims, you know, and it's important to understand um, a lot of victims don't want to end their relationship. They love their abuser. They just want the abuse to stop. Um, so that's a big thing where we're serving the entire family. We do what we need to do to make that victim and that family safer. Is that possible? They just want their abuser to stop the violence, to stop the hitting. I mean, all all types of the control and coercion that goes on. It's it's definitely domestic violence, abusive behavior, that control, that coercion. That's a learned behavior, and it can be unlearned. We do believe the batterers can choose to stop their behavior, change their behavior moving forward, and treat their partner with respect. Have you seen that happen? Yes. Well, that's that's, that's good. That's encouraging. So, you know, that, sure. that shows you that, that maybe there is hope, and we know that there's help. Mm -hmm. So that's that's really the bottom line, you know, there. And I know that your executive director, Karen Jarmuck, um, I see her on television, and mm -hmm. I, I hear her on radio every time there is a horrible story on the news about domestic violence. Yeah. Um, what is it that you wished people thought about or they knew before these tragedies occur? The help is available. I think, you know, Connecticut averages just under 14 intimate partner um, homicides annually. Um, and we do, CCADV does run the state's domestic violence fatality review task force, a number of stakeholders from both within CCADV, the judicial branch, other types of organizations that serve on that. Um, so we do review the intimate partner homicides that occur. 
And I think one of the things we most often see is that those individuals, unfortunately, were not connected to us. They didn't know there was help. Um, when law enforcement speaks with the family afterwards, the family didn't know that there was help available. So that's the biggest thing we want folks to know is that 24 hours a day, seven days a week, they can call the statewide hotline um, and they can speak to a certified counselor. They just want to talk. That's all they have to do. do is that 211? Yeah. Do you want to give that number out? So the statewide domestic violence hotline is 888 seven seven four two nine zero zero again eight 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 seven seven four two nine zero zero that's how you connect with a certified domestic violence advocate 24 hours a day seven days a week the number will not change eight 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 seven seven four two nine zero zero if our listeners feel that they may be a victim of some sort of of domestic violence what could they expect so if they place a phone call you know a lot of times people are worried to make that call what could they expect when they receive uh, someone on the other end? And what kind of questions will they be asked? How scary is it? Mm-hmm. Um, why should they come forward to get that help? Yeah. So you're definitely going to you're gonna uh, get connected with a certified advocate who's just there to take your lead. That's what they're there for. They're there to listen to you. They're there to hear your situation and provide you options. Our advocates are not going to tell anyone what they have to do. They're not going to call police. They will not call the police. Um, but they will provide options. Here are some options for you. Let's think through each option, which option is going to make you safer. Some options might me- make you less safe. And just as long as, you know, the advocate can communicate to the, to the victim or survivor what those options are and they can talk through how each option might play out, then it's completely up to the survivor or victim to make the choice of what they want to do next. So it's just sort of an advisory capacity. They're not forcing them to do anything or, you know, suggesting that they change their life altogether. It's it's just another ear to listen to, like a, uh, you know, someone that knows. Right. It it absolutely takes time. And they're going to offer them, you know, the variety of other services that our member organizations provide. Do you want to come in for counseling? Do you want to go to a support group? Do you want to work with an advocate and potentially get a restraining order? And they're certified in how to take those calls. So you're not just getting some random person on the other end of the phone. How, Beth, um, does the connection work together um, with the uh, Connecticut Coalition Against Domestic Violence? Well, certainly we do work with a lot of clients that have had histories of domestic violence. And it is one of the things that we're always mindful of when a new client comes into our care. Uh, We have several programs that I think... um, And I don't, you know, oftentimes we think that it's only women that are victims of domestic violence, and that's not true, correct? Correct. Um, And I don't know what the percentages are, um, but it it does work both ways. We do offer counseling uh, services, therapy services, and we'll reach out to you, I think, if we need sort of that advanced training, because that's not something that we provide. We're not one of your uh, member organizations, but we are very uh, familiar with and skilled in working with people that have those kinds of difficulties in their lives. Right. Yeah, and it's absolutely a two-way street. Mm-hmm. I mean, we absolutely, mm-hmm. it's, it's pretty commonplace for survivors and victims to kind of cope with what they're dealing with, and they'll sometimes cope with substances, or right. um, sometimes things may manifest in mental illness, and so that's definitely a two-way street with the connection mm-hmm. um, and on the other providers. And um, through Safe Connect, we're really excited because we're, you know, I, I, the advocates are going to be in cohorts where they're going to learn specialties, so specialty areas. So, you know, one might be substance abuse and mental illness and the behavioral health and how we can get you best connected to those other resources in the communities. That's great. And you've got another program um, that you're that you're going to be doing, uh, partnering with Futures Without Violence. 
and the name of that is Coaching Boys Into Men. Yeah, we're really excited about having uh, just brought Coaching Boys Into Men here um, to Connecticut on a statewide basis, and we're also partnering with the Connecticut Alliance to End Sexual Violence um, on this initiative and rolling out Coaching Boys Into Men um, into schools across the state. So it's a nationally recognized evidence-based violence prevention program for athletic coaches um, that inspires them to teach their young male athletes about the importance of respecting themselves, others, and in particular, women and girls. Um, so the three pillars of Coaching Boys Into Men is respect, integrity, and nonviolence. Um, and it's uh, it, it's specifically developed for coaches. So we know that coaches play a very influential Absolutely. role, influential mm -hmm. role mm -hmm. right, in their players' lives. Um, so it's developed for them to easily incorporate into their regular coaching routine. So it's 12 weeks, 15 minutes a week. Mm. That's it. They're provided with a set of cards developed by Futures Without Violence that gives them a weekly that gives them a weekly um, topic and discussion points to, to discuss with their players. And it's evidence-based. And isn't that what everybody wants? Mm -hmm. So if it's working somewhere else, right. you know, good for you for bringing that to Connecticut. And you're so right because I've been involved in so many stories, you know, and for a lot of kids their coach is kind of their father figure right. you know it's the it's the person that they have in their life that they respect and um so why not in 15 minutes a week yep. but you think about the impact that can have yep. it's huge. and will have on these kids lives well coaches are mentors yes yep. and oftentimes with you know family breakdowns as much as you know exists now in today's society uh sometimes coaches or you know teachers for that matter other professionals that work with these young people mm -hmm are the ones that have their ear. Yep. So how important is that yeah. uh, to be able to spread these messages right. and coach uh, these young people into successful adults? Right, yep. And we're already seeing, you know, early results with it. Hartford Public High School football team, Coach Harry Bellucci is doing this with some of his players mm -hmm. who have opted in. And he said after only one week, he saw, he saw the players start holding each other accountable for their language and how they were speaking about women, um, which is just incredibly impressive because I think we know, you know, sometimes with teens, mm -hmm. individually, great. Mm -hmm. In a group. It's that pack mentality. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Things exactly. starting to go astray. So, so for them to start, you know, holding each other accountable, that's, I mean, that's just, that's great. You know, and it's um, sometimes... You know, I, I look at this like in, in recovery as well as someone else might need to bring this to your attention. Let's say, you know, you just don't know who to go to. You don't know who to talk to. And that's also where employers come in to playing into this whole domestic violence and being aware of it and how do they approach it. And, you know, what kind of support does your organization have for folks who I know I've had a few people work for me where I was very concerned mm -hmm. um, but didn't know where to turn or what to do. Yeah. So we did just re recently release a toolkit for employers about responding to domestic violence in the workplace. Um, so this is something that um, we developed also with Futures Without Violence. A lot of they have a great program, Workplaces Respond um, to Domestic Violence, which has a lot of great resources for employers. But basically our toolkit, you know, just kind of lays out what is domestic violence and how does it impact your workplace? Um, you know, and I think, you know, sometimes it's it's hard to watch someone, you know, you know and you care about kind of go through this. And then how do you support them? Um, because domestic violence, even though it happens at the home, can sometimes spill in a little bit to the workplace. A little bit. Problematic. Well, it's hard to let that go, right? I mean, you've been verbally abused or whatever has happened to you. you. You can't just go to work and shake it off. Sure. 
I mean, I even mm-hmm. remember sometimes, you know, just having a, an argument with my ex-husband and then having to go to the station and do the news like nothing ever happened. Yep. You can't turn it off. You that can't quickly. turn it off. And and some abusers will choose to abuse their victim while at work. You know, mm-hmm. might be make, might make excessive phone calls, you know, is one of the right. common ones we see and things like that. And how can you as an employer support your employee who is experiencing this? Because... You know, one of the things that we know when a victim does choose to leave and end their relationship, one of the biggest predictors about whether or not they're going to do that is are they financially independent? And this can also lead to workplace violence. Right. It can. Which which impacts everybody, which is what, you know, it's not only the individual, but everybody that works there could be a risk. Yep. So as an employer, you know, you want to recognize that, you know, some victims have traditionally lost their jobs when they're dealing because they need time off. To, they need to go to court. Mm-hmm. They maybe need to move. They need to deal with getting their child into daycare. Um, and so, you know, sometimes chronic absences can lead to victims losing their jobs. Um, but what can employers do and make workplace accommodations so that victims can deal with those things um, and still have a job because them losing their job is going to make them more financially dependent on their sure. abuser and have to remain in that abusive relationship. And what about like FMLA laws and things like that? Do they protect? So, yeah, there is FMLA. You know, as you know, it's unpaid. So mm-hmm. that's Family for... Medical Leave Act. Yep. Yes. Um, Connecticut did just pass paid family medical leave that will be accessible, I believe, in 2020. Mm-hmm. That sounds right. Or 2022. Yep. <laughs> um, but Connecticut does also have um, a bu- a leave for abuse. Um, so we do have uh, employers of, I believe, three with three or more employees um, are required to provide up to 12 days of unpaid leave for victims of family violence. Mm-hmm. And so that could be to deal with um, medical issues. It could be to go and attend court appearances. Um, so there is that option for victims. But again, it's unpaid. So that can be, you know, hard for some people to access. Or to some people to admit. Yes. You know, I need to take some time off for this or for that. Yep. And, uh, you know, it can be embarrassing. And, and that's, too, where I think that the phone number, you know, comes into play, Beth. And why don't you give that out again? So the phone number to call is 888-774-2900. Right. And, and like we mentioned before, you can um, also go on the website. There's lots of great information there as well. And that is ctcadv org. So we've got another legislative session right around the corner. Um, you're involved in that too. And I know that you, um, you always get advocates up there, you know, people that have maybe utilized your services and life is better for them. Sometimes you got to hear it from the mouths of the folks who've been impacted about all mm-hmm. the good work that you're doing. And I'm, I'm sure you're going to keep up the good fight, right? Uh, we, you know, we're always present at the at the Connecticut General Assembly, and we're just putting together our legislative agenda with our member organizations. Um, so we'll have something ready to go probably next month. Liza, thank you for doing the good work that you do, and for the coalition for doing all of its wonderful work. I think you're touching lots and lots of lives in Connecticut. Okay. Yeah, and I also, you know, I'm awareness for me, you know, October being Domestic Violence Awareness Month, but for you to mention Liza. 
you know, the other things that there is verbal abuse, that there is financial abuse, that there are other forms of abuse that, you know, may not warrant you moving out of the household. But I think we all need to be aware of our behavior and our impacts of that behavior, not only on those around us, but on future generations. Mm -hmm. Because isn't it true that, you know, a lot of this is cyclical, you know, people just pattern the, the, the behavior of those in ahead of them. And we want to break some of those cycles too. So, so I think that's also a great thing to think about. All right, we've got 30 seconds. What's your final pitch to the people out there listening to this program, Liza? Well, thanks very much to both of you for having me. Um, I do want to say that CCADV is available to come out and provide training on a number of the initiatives that we talked about today at no cost. So just reach out to us at uh, ctcadv.org. And again, you know, if you just want to talk, you think you're experiencing something that you just don't feel comfortable with, even if you know someone that you think is experiencing that, Give us a call, 888-774-2900, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Because it might be someone maybe that's not going through themselves, but you can also advise somebody that might be witnessing it yep. on the next steps yes. and, and where they can go with this thing. Yep. Oh, that's great. I didn't even think about that. So thank you again. Liza Andrews has been our guest for this half hour. Thank you, Beth, um, for co-hosting this program with me. And Sam. a special thanks to all of you, our listeners, for tuning in to this edition of The Connection right here on WTIC News Talk 1080. Really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for twenty-five dollars per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. Five dollars more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at twenty-four monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. Thirty-five dollars per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.